Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're tuning in on Google Podcasts, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tuning in on Apple Podcasts, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tuning in on Spotify, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wherever you're tuning in, I thank you. Uh, I will say, if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, if you would, be so kind as to give me a five-star rating and a quick review. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you're on Spotify listening, I'd appreciate a five-star rating as well. Else, get to the show. All right. Today's show will be having a special guest. That would be Rita, the NFL chick. That will be coming up a little later. But up first, I got to get something off my chest yes watching the playoff games this past weekend there were some great you know games some solid games and some games that just were bad and all in between that one there was always one thing that gets talked about that would be the referees now some games some people felt like it made a difference. Some people feel like it didn't. One game that got talked about a lot was the Dallas Cowboys versus San Francisco 49ers. Now, the 49ers won the game. However, a lot of people were talking about different penalties and we're talking about the last play of the game where essentially – Dak, run, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, runs the football. The referee has to go and snap the football, or, or at least the referee has to touch the football, um, you know, to spot the football. You can't spot it yourself. So that's essentially what happened. The referee's trying to spot the football, and in that moment, time ran out. Dallas loses. There were some fans that were jumping on social media. The referees cheated. The referees cheated. Some of those penalties I don't know about. You know, stuff like that. And let's be honest. Referees are human. So they're not going to catch everything. But in this game, I'm, I'm using this game as an example because it was the one I, talk, I heard the most about this weekend. In this game, you cannot tell me that a referee can make up 14 penalties. No, not when one of the penalties is Randy Gregory uh, bear-hugging a guy and trying to sumo-wrestle him down to the ground, and he doesn't even have the football. I, I just I didn't understand that one. That was a defensive holding penalty, and I, I a bad penalty. Then you had Dallas Cowboys jumping off sides a few times, then, you know, you had false starts. You had all kind of different. You had a you had a variety of penalties that the Dallas Cowboys made. So you're gonna tell me that a referee made those up too? You know that's just one game 
I could go with plenty other examples, but the one thing that never gets talked about is when your team made a mistake. As in when a pass was missed, a block was missed, a play was made. Those types of different things do not get talked about. But it's so easy to blame the referees or this or that happened or whatever. That's the easy way out. The best thing to do is take a look at your team. Take a look at your team and the mistakes that they made. That is more than likely the reason they lost the game. Not the referees, man, they're cheating, man, they're cheating. The referees are cheating. This is literally got to stop. The referees are going to make calls. Good, bad, and different. A good team is going to find a way to win. I repeat, a good team is going to find a way to win. The referees didn't do it. Dropping that pass wide open did. Not making that play when a player was right there to make it did. Missing a field goal did. Those things cost you the game. An official and one call didn't cost you the game. In most instances, that is correct. In almost all instances, that is correct. You can look at a litany of different plays during a game and say, hey, if we make that play, we're in better position to win. Now, I know teams are not going to make every single play. But a team makes majority of them, they usually win the game. Now, the Dallas Cowboys are going home with that loss. And it is what it is. I could name any other team and throw them in that scenario as well. But the point is, when you make plays, and that would be winning plays, you happen to win the game, despite some calls not going your way. So let's practice being winners out there and focus on making the plays to win the game, not the referees took the game from us, man, they took the game from us, they did this, they did that. No, point the finger at yourself, because when you point one at somebody, you're pointing three back at yourself. That's been my little rant for today. Hey, my apologies, Cowboys fans, but you just so happened to uh, strike the ire of me in this scenario. Up next, we've got Rita, the NFL chick. We're going to talk a little NFL football, a little playoff action you're listening to touring the afc south with your host mike Patton. going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to 
Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. FC South, I'm your host, Mike Patton. And of course, the playoffs are here and the Super Wild Card Weekend has wrapped up. Of course, plenty to talk about there. But who better to bring on than the co-host of the Grin Iron Gals podcast and one of the best follows on Twitter, on Twitter out there. Here to talk with me about NFL football, Baltimore Ravens, and Super Wild Card Weekend, I've got Rita, the NFL chick. What's going on? Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, thank you for uh, accepting the invitation and coming on. Anytime. <laughs> now, before we get into anything, I got to get your thoughts on the Super Wildcard Weekend that just passed. Uh, what were the some of the most surprising things that happened and some of the most satisfying things that you saw? Uh, the most surprising things, I think, was how bad the games were overall. Um, I'd say there was a total of five quarters of good football, and then after that, everything was a mess. Um, and I think I was just surprised by that just in terms of, like, I really thought certain games would be competitive. I thought that the Rams and – Cardinals game would be competitive. I thought that, you know, the 49ers Cowboys game would have been a little bit more competitive from the Cowboys side, although I thought that San Francisco would come out with a win. Um, so, you know, I just kind of was surprised by how bad the games were overall. Um, in terms of some, some things that I guess I didn't expect to see, nothing. <laughs> like I can't really, you know, I, I the, the weekend went the way that I thought that it would. I thought that the Bengals would win in a close one. I thought that the 49ers would win in a close one. You know, I just I felt like all the teams that won were supposed to win. There were no teams that was upset to me. Now, again, I don't know how people picked that Cowboys 49ers game. But I felt like the 49ers were the more consistent hot team going into that game. And I felt like that they had a better chance of keeping that momentum as opposed to Dallas, who outside of that last game of the season, they had struggled, you know, the last month or so um, after that came back. So, yeah, I, I 
you know, it was really hard to watch at times. And I, I'm just hoping for better times this weekend. Yeah. Gotcha. I definitely agree. You know, uh, yeah, boy, there was definitely some rough moments there, especially in the, the Philly game and, the, and Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I, I had to cover my eyes. <laughs> both of those games and they went the way that they were supposed to right like everybody knew that neither one of those teams belonged and I don't want to say that they didn't belong right I mean obviously they earned it I, I feel the type of way about the seventh seed and we can get into that another day but I honestly just feel like that you know six is good and then after six is a potential drop off now I could be the story might be different if the Chargers would have made it right Maybe it's a different type of game. I feel like it would have been a little bit more evenly balanced in that regard because the Steelers are so bad in terms of Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. They're just not a good football team, but they have good parts. But the quarterback position is is, is playing at a low level. Had it been the Chargers, maybe I changed my mind about it, but they didn't. And so it kind of shows like maybe the 17 thing isn't a good idea. I mean, from the NFL perspective, it gives us two more games. So I guess that's you can never have enough football, but it's not good football. And that's that's the problem. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, uh, of course, you know, we do have to talk about the team that you love. That sure. would be the Baltimore Ravens. Now, what did you think of their season this year? And what do you think they need to do going in the next season to kind of make the playoffs? I mean, I think I think that their season is pretty obvious. Even if you're just somebody that watches football, maybe maybe not a Ravens fan, but you know, kind of keep abreast of everything else that's going on in the NFL. You know, from training camp on, they've had some really um, crucial injuries that impacted this team immediately going into the season. And as the season went on, the, the injuries just didn't stop. It didn't. It didn't. Um, you know, let up at all. And so I think that I don't really have an opinion about this year in that regard, like them not making the playoffs. Okay. Well, you know, their starting quarterback didn't play in a month, um, you know, and then you're still missing key guys. Um, the offensive line had over 20 different starting rotations. Like that's always going to be a recipe for disaster. And then, on defense, you had some guys that that were lost, and Deshaun Elliott, and eventually Marlon Humphrey, and some other impact players. And Marcus Peters, of course, was from the beginning, so he never played a down a season. And then they ended the season with Tyus Bauer going out with an Achilles, which is one of their players that really ascended this year. So injuries is the word for 2021. Um, would I like to see what happens to them in 2022? Well, hopefully, number one, they get better. They're a healthier football team. Um, I think that in the draft, they have like 10 picks, I believe. So it would be nice to see them come out with um, some offensive linemen, some defensive linemen, because you obviously need some depth on both sides of the trenches. Um, you have some guys that are potentially retiring on the defensive line and Calais Campbell. Um, and then on the offensive side, we don't know what uh, Ronnie Stanley, the all-pro left tackle, is going to be. So you really want to bolster up your offensive line and your defensive line. I'd love to see them get a safety um, because I do think that that's necessary. Although some people like the idea of getting a safety in free agency, I still think that you need to draft a young one. 
Um, and then, of course, work on getting your wide receivers um, becoming the group that people project them to be. You have a 1,000-yard guy in Marquise Brown. You have another guy in Bateman who I think had 500 yards. It was his rookie season, but he has all the potential in the world to be a number one guy. Of course, you have all-pro Mark Andrews, so you have that guy. Just getting them acclimated and getting them better, and getting them to be better, and getting the other guys that maybe didn't get as many snaps in 2021 to be more acclimated in this offense in 2022. So when you do get all your pieces back, like your running backs that you didn't have last year, and Lamar comes back healthy, they can have a rapport and start to to glue together to become this our offense that many of us projected them to be. Yeah, speaking of uh, offense and uh, the passing game, I've got one particular guy that I think would solve a lot of your problems. Who's that? That would be if Greg Roman was gone. <laughs> I'm not a huge fire Greg Roman person. Um, I think that a lot of – I think that he's some of the issue. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it was too many times that I've seen formations of guys being open – and it's too many times that I've seen Lamar ignore the guys in the flat because he wants to take the long, he wants to get the 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 the, the deep ball out that wasn't available. And so this year that I, I think that Greg Roman has done a good job of is getting guys out in the flat, which is something he hadn't done previously. And this year he became it became more apparent that he was making that happen. Lamar not do not not wanting to throw to those guys because he feels like he can get the same amount of yards that those guys can get is Lamar problem. I don't consider it to be a Greg Roman problem. Are some of the concepts um, problematic, and could they be fixed? Absolutely, and I would like to see them that being changed. But I am not a big person that is fire Greg Roman like everybody else because there's too many opportunities that I've seen guys be open and find creases because of the concepts that was implemented and Lamar just not take those guys. So we have, if we're going to call Greg Roman out, we have to call Lamar Jackson out too. He has to be held accountable for the times that he was given the tools and he chose just simply not to use them because he wanted to try to get the big play. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I feel a certain way about him because I've seen him in San Francisco and Buffalo not develop quarterbacks to where they could be. And that's that's where my thinking was. And that's fair. But, you know, and but hey, he'll he'll probably live to fight another day. <laughs> I think he has one more chance at this point. You know, if if I, I think if you don't see some progression, which I felt like Lamar was ascending um, before the Miami game. I felt like Lamar was ascending. Um, and I think that a lot of that had to do with, with good. I thought he was for a good part of the season. I thought he did really with the, good with the play calling and the concepts. Once they got into the zero coverage situation and Lamar just completely decided to ignore the, the you know, shallow routes and the, you know, the, the outsides, then it became problematic. But again, some of that is Greg. Some of that is Lamar. So we have to call everybody accountable in that regard. So Greg Roman has to change those things, but Lamar Jackson has to live to see another down too. Taking those types of sacks is ridiculous. Not being able to throw it to the guy that's open on the flat is ridiculous. You got to change those things. Fair enough. 
Fair enough, definitely. He still has to definitely develop as a passer. I mean, even though I, I thought he was a better passer at Louisville than he's been in the NFL. To be yeah. Honest. Um, you know, of course, uh, we we are we did talk about, of course, the Ravens and things like that, but we're going to talk about a team that's uh, familiar to you, Cincinnati Bengals. Now, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals won their playoff game, and they're headed down here to Tennessee. Now, what can Tennessee Titans fans expect to see from that team? They have a very, very good group of skilled players Um, from their running back and Joe Mixon to, of course, Jamar Chase. You've seen the damage that Jamar Chase has been able to do. Joe Burrow is very good at um, subsiding the pass rush. He can slide around the pocket and move around um, and avoid the sacks and still get the ball out and make plays. Um, T. Higgins is really good as well as a number two. Even their tight ends have been um, productive. So this is a very well-balanced football team. Um, Their offensive line is still the Achilles heel of that team, but they've held up pretty well. Because I feel like Oakland – has a um, excuse me Vegas <laughs> has a very um, good defensive line, and for the most part they were able to contain that. And I think that Joe Burrow plays a lot into that because he moves around in the pocket. So this will be interesting for the Titans because from a defensive perspective, I've seen them have really good games. Example: the Rams game, and then I've seen them struggle against teams like the Texans. And this is not a Titans problem. This is an NFL problem. We've seen a lot of teams that should have been beating the brakes off of somebody, barely coming out with a win. So that is not, you know, I'm not subscribing that directly to the Titans. I'm just making the point that I don't know what Titans defense is going to show up because I've seen the potential of that defense, but then I've also seen them not show up at times. Now, I would like to assume that this is a playoff game. So, you know, it's balls to the wall at this point. Um, I would be more looking forward to seeing what that offense does. Is Derrick Henry um, established the play this weekend? or Because I know he's practicing. Is he playing? Well, uh, it's kind of – Mike Vrabel's kind of <laughs> – this weekend – this week, I, I should say. He's not giving whether he's going to play or not, but he's basically saying, hey, I've got guys out there hitting him. I don't know if you you follow Teron Davenport that covers the type. But, yeah, he's got a lot of video up of him catching passes or, you know, or coming out of drills and two guys standing there to hit him. Yeah. So And so that's the part that I think um, they already are still good team in terms of, like, play action and stuff, and they've done a good job in Henry's absence. Obviously, they're the number one seed in the AFC. But – I, you know, Derek Henry is just a different animal and that's for lack of a better term. He's just a different person. You know, he's fast, he's strong, he can block, he can do everything. And so he, to me, he changes the dynamic of the football game. So if Derek Henry plays, I love to see, you know, it, it's going to be interesting because I feel like the Titans, as long as they get time of possession and obviously if they score sevens and not threes, because the, the Bengals are going to score sevens then you are in position to really, you know, move along to the AFC championship. Q 
keeping the Bengals offense off the field is going to be the most important thing. And obviously in doing that, you have to run the football, but we know that the Titans have weapons that they want to pass to as well. So um, if Derrick Henry comes back, I mean, I love, I love their chances. I think that Cincinnati is a really good football team. I just don't think that they are ready for big party yet. And I know that they beat the chiefs. I'm aware. I just think that, you know, they're not ready for the big party, even though I do think this will be a good football game. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what, you made a lot of Titans fans happy. (laughs) (laughs) I can speak objectively, you know. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm just giving you a little grief. But uh, speaking of uh, another team, you know, of course, we talked about the Titans and, you know, Derrick Henry, things like that. We got to talk about the Indianapolis Colts. They had one win to get to get into the playoffs. They lost to the and they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team they have not beaten Jacksonville since 2014. That's correct. And now the season is over. Did that did that surprise you to see that happen? No. No, it didn't. Because, number one, what you mentioned, they had not won in Jacksonville in six years, seven now seven. Um, and also, Carson Wentz, People want Carson Wentz to be something that I just don't think he's capable of anymore. Um, I think that Carson Wentz is a good transitional player. I don't think he was worth what he was what, what the the Colts gave up for him um, ultimately. Um, but I think that Carson Wentz is a good guy that you can put in between your past and your future. I don't think Carson Wentz is your future. I think that there's a confidence issue with Carson Wentz, and that stems from Philly. Um, I also think that there's a durability issue with Carson Wentz, even though I know this year he, from from a health standpoint, he's been good. But from but durable, he they won a game, and I can't remember who it was against, but um, later down the stretch, they won a game, and I want to say this was a Thursday night game. He had. 57 passing yards. Yikes. So the inconsistencies <laughs> are there. Um, and, you know, obviously when everything is on the line, that's what happens. Cause you were really, you were literally winning in. That was it. We wouldn't have these conversations about anybody else. If the Colts had won this football, won this football game. Um, and for whatever reason, he just was not able to provide that. So I, we, and I don't know if you've heard this, but the Colts uh, GM, I believe spoke out and didn't um, guarantee that he was keeping, even keeping Carson Wentz at this point and that they were going to reevaluate some things. That is a sure spot, a sign that they are ready to move on as well. And that maybe they're just ready to tie their losses because I can't foresee a GM giving up what he did only for him to say at the end of the season, yeah, I don't really know what we're going to do next year for next year. We're going to figure this out, but um, I'm not guaranteeing nothing. If you're Carson Wentz, you got to feel some type of way about that. But you also earn that if you're Carson Wentz. You earn that. Like, you got to own that, bro. You literally just had to win a football game against the team that had the nut that uh, once again in the second year in a row has the number one pick in the NFL draft, and you couldn't even come out and do that, and that's disappointing and embarrassing, quite frankly. 
Yeah, uh, would would be would making me feel even more uh, bad about that loss is if they sign Nick Foles this offseason. That'd make it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Maybe Mitch Trubisky uh, is available. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. No, he'll be available. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Chicago wants to pay him anymore. Well, he's in <laughs> Buffalo now. I think he's a backup for um, Josh Allen. So you know. Oh. He- Huh. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. I must have missed well, it. Well, are you talking okay. wait, are we talking Foles? Because I said Trubisky. You you mentioned Foles. I mentioned Trubisky. No, I'm going with Foles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Foles is still in Chicago. And then I'm I was I was facetiously saying, well, maybe Mitch Trubisky since since they like washed quarterbacks, maybe Mitch <laughs> Trubisky will be available. So yeah. Well, Foles is kind of kind of in that wash category too. Unless Absolutely. he's in the Philly uniform. Yep. You know, he, gets, he gets that S on his chest when he gets in the Philly uniform. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I did want to ask as well, of course, I know we're down to our final eight. So I've got to ask if you had to predict the AFC championship representatives and the NFC championship representatives, who are you taking? Got to take, you got to take, well, you don't have to do anything. But I'm taking the Titans and the Chiefs. Um, and then in the NFC, I am taking a rematch of Green Bay and Tampa. So those are my final oh. four picks. Uh, I know people love the Rams, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, shout out to Matt Stafford for winning his first playoff game in like 13 seasons. Good good for you. Uh, but I don't trust Matt Stafford. I don't. I don't know what Matt Stafford is going to show up. And um, I don't like Arizona's cornerbacks which is why he had so much success. I'm not saying that Tampa's is worldly better because they've had some struggles as well, but I think that Tampa's is better than Arizona's. Um, and then obviously they're playing an offense who is just as well-tuned as they are in Tampa Bay at Tampa. Um, so I, I just, you know, every time we try to count Tom Brady out, <laughs> Tom Brady just continues to prove us wrong. I'm not going to be the one to pick against Tom Brady. Everybody else can do it. But if you want to pick the guy that just won his first playoff game ever, opposed to the guy that has, is it seven Super Bowls now? I'm not doing it. I'm just not. Yes. You know, maybe the next week, I might, might. But this week, I'm not doing it. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm actually going with the NFC West rematch. I'm going with Rams 49ers three. <laughs> and I'm going to go with uh, Titans and uh, Kansas City as well. So, That'd yeah, I, I, I could just I, I, I just don't see the NFC West not getting a team in the NFC championship game. OK, just don't see it. Well, I, not getting a team there. I just and I can't see it. I don't trust Matt Stafford. And look, I love Jimmy G, but this is January and this is Green Bay. And <laughs> I just think very few people can be a Tom Brady and go in and win those football games. We know that it happens. We've seen it happen before. Um, I just think they're few and far between. And I think that they've already got that lost out of them last year. So now I just think, you know, but I think that San Fran is going to put up a fight for sure. Like, I don't even think that that's going to be like a a blowout of any sorts. I think that San Fran is a really well-tuned football team. 
And I'm excited to see how they grow next year, whether they move on from Jimmy G and let Trey Lance come in or or not, which I think the former is going to happen more so. But um, I do think this will be a really good football game. I just think that Green Bay finds a way to squeak it out. Gotcha. We'll definitely see. It'll be interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I don't it's too early, but who do you have as your Super Bowl matchup? Hmm. What I think it'll be is the young boy in Mahomes versus the old man Rogers, um, because they're so much alike, and people would love to see that matchup. I think that the Titans will find a way to make it, though. I think that the Chiefs still have some issues on defense, um, and I think that the Titans could exploit those issues on defense. Um, and I think that unlike Kansas City, because the Titans are very good at running the football, that means it takes time away from Patrick Mahomes and company to, you know, kind of get a rhythm going. So, yeah, I I – I I think the people want, would like to see Kansas City and, and Green Bay. I think that the Titans have enough, though, to beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs still have issues. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the biggest thing that going for the Titans is no one expects them to win the, win the championship, the AFC championship. Because when the Titans, everyone picks them to win, they don't win. When no one wants them to win or no one thinks they'll win, they win those games. I mean, for example, the Rams game, nobody thought they'd win that one. I mean, there's plenty of other games that nobody thought they would win that they won. Well, definitely it's been a good time talking. You talking a little NFL. Uh, can you tell everyone uh, where they can find you on social media and what all you have going on? Sure. So um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at the NFL chick. Um, we have the gridiron gals podcast, and that is myself and my best friend Chels. Um, and on Twitter, she's Chels is right. And gridiron, as well. and gridiron <laughs> gals, G A L S. Um, I also do well, the season is over for the Ravens, but I typically do project game day, uh, post game for the Ravens with myself and Glenn Clark Radio at Press Box Radio. Um, and if you're in the Maryland area and you're seeing this, Glenn and I will be hosting um, at Maryland Live this weekend at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, we will be hosting the Bucks rams game. So we'll be out at 3 o'clock giving away stuff, um, advising some good prop bets for, for people to do, and um, some good back and forth commentary about playoff football. So if you're able to come and you're in the Maryland area, please join us at Maryland Live. Well, let me see if my itinerary will allow me. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I'll actually, uh, I'm actually going to be at the, the Titans and Bengals game Sunday. Nice. Saturday. Yeah, so, enjoy that. That's going to be a good time. Definitely. It's going to be interesting because uh, Huda will definitely be down here. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I didn't know that a whole bunch of fans existed until now, so all right. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, uh, actually came across a few that said they're making a trip. It's going to be interesting. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, 
again, everyone, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. As you see, Mike Patton 82, M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N 82. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Touring the ASC South. We're out.